0: And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and change makers who want to build a sustainable and scalable business. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, joining me on today's show is Pancho Marotra. Now, Pancho, he is a sales and negotiation trainer who has been helping business leaders and sales team take their businesses to new levels of sales success since 1991. Now, he uses sales, influence and negotiation techniques that are based on psychological principles and he teaches salespeople how to cold call, yep, I said cold call, get meetings and close deals with profit and his background in CBT allows him to teach people how to handle those rejections, deal with fear with amazing results. Now specifically on today's show, Pancho is going to share why emotions, they go up, and they go down like a roller coaster. He's going to share how we can break old ineffective sales habits and how disconnection with certain types of people. I'm going to dive into that as well. So welcome, Pancho.
1: Welcome. Thank you so much, Uh, Emery. Nice to be here.
0: I think I just said uh, a dirty word, obviously not to you, but that is cold call. You are, and I'm this all the time when you say that people go, oh, cold calling, and, yeah. and it's in a love-hate relationship. But tell me, what is it that really? Because I've seen your work on LinkedIn. If people are not yet following uh, you, I highly recommend that they do because the content that you share is so important. Because you know we can be the best um, and offer the best product and service. Yet if we're unable to push that into sales we can have a flailing business. So what got you into this industry? Why do you love it so much?
1: Uh, Well, I initially um, got into sales. Um, I used to go up and down the country selling a whole bunch of stuff from hardware to insurance. And um, I I got into cold calling, um, primarily working in a call center. And um, I learned, actually, I started to enjoy it. And I, 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 thought, I thought this was the most fun I've had for a long time. And I, uh, <laughs> so I couldn't help myself. I used to get withdrawal symptoms if I couldn't call people. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, <clears throat> why is it I'm enjoying it and other people aren't? And it was actually my, <clears throat> I never had any expectations when I called someone. I was really, really keen to have a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. And um, it was actually interesting because, um, I came to this country about 30 years ago, Um, actually came from from Auckland, New Zealand. And and when you come to a country, what do you do? You work in a call center. So I worked at American Express for uh, two or three years. And in those days, we had to call people. And I got very, very good at calling people cold and selling corporate cards. And so I left there and I set up my own call center. And we used to do all the cold calling for, the tech companies and set up meetings for them, and um, over that period of time, I think I made about two hundred and twenty thousand cold calls, and so um, after a while, it's rejection really doesn't bother me at all. And in my mindset, it was more like uh, if it, if it was a no today, it possibly wasn't going to be a no tomorrow. So yes. I never I never took offense to that, and I actually enjoy it. I thought. It was a lot of fun. and um, Wow.
0: You've got someone else here, Maker Schroeder, who says cold calling is still important as you connect with people on a different level uh, in her view. so And it is true, isn't it? And I'm sure you've learned along the way that – it really, and I love the way that you said it. Really, is a conversation, and just yeah. like any conversation, you can approach how you approach that conversation is also going to impact and mindset. And I know that you you speak a lot about mindset too. I mean, you mm-hmm. love it. It's almost like a game. It's almost like you know what what is this conversation going to turn out into? And I'd imagine that not, you you were able to track that. There were, were a portion of people who would say yes, and then there were a portion of people that it took time. You know, over amount of time. What was the greatest insight that you learned around cold calling that you continue to share with your clients? And once they get it, they can start to recognize that hey, this is just a conversation, and and almost thinking that hey, this is quite fun as well. What's that insight that you can share?
1: Well, there's actually two or three insights. One of key things is um one of the most important things about us to and it really impacts on your mindset is to know your numbers um after a while i could predict the, uh, what results i would get even before i even started a cold calling session and so um for example i have uh, a tracking system that allows me to know that if i'm ever doing it if i make an average between 27 to 30 calls i'm going to have on average around about five to seven conversations. I'm gonna get three to four meetings and I'll get two deals. And it's so predictive over so many years that my statistics don't change. So that gives me a, a great deal of comfort within myself. And I, you know, every time I pick up someone and whether they say yes, it's a non-interested, it's a wrong number, uh, incorrect for person, incorrect, whatever. I know that the numbers work in my favor all the time. And because I have total belief and comfort in what I'm doing, I don't operate from any kind of fear or anxiety. Every every, every dial is life or death. It yes. doesn't operate that way. And yeah. when you remove that kind no, of anxiety... There
0: are a certain amount of calls that you need to make and then predictively, if that's a term that we use, you're going to get so many meetings and so many yeses. So let's get to that quota or, or that that number.
1: Yeah. And, and then what I started to do is um, I started to look at how language works in getting people, uh, let's just say, excited to meet with me over the phone. And so it took me around about 55 hours working with a very good friend of mine. Um, and we developed a, um, a a script, like a, a, a call track, and um, it boils down to nearly 25 to 30 seconds. And my point cl- and my appointment ratio on that script is close to 80%, but it took 55 hours to develop. And, yes. and and so we pulled it apart, and one of the most important things was looking at how a rational word, it, you have to remove that from your what you say and develop a corresponding emotional word that means the same thing. Yes. And the responses are just phenomenal when you know how to actually say it, the right kind of pauses, um, when you let a person process it, and how you... Gently lead them to saying, "Yeah, I want to meet with you." Mm. Um, and Give it's us a very.
0: Was one example great... of those words where you change it more to the emotion.
1: Well, it's it's like cost, and and you know people say, "Yeah, it's going to cost you a lot," versus saying uncertainty mm. about the value, and and when you use certain key words, it actually it, it triggers a response. In that person that they can't actually control so in in effect um you know people will say i'm a bit of a control freak but you know uh, to a certain extent i may be but I, I i want to be in control of the conversation i want to be able to direct the the person's thoughts to what i want them to do and that's a big part of how i i, I train salespeople people on you know the art of framing a conversation so you get what you want um and invariably the client will get what they want as well if they're qualified. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I like the way that you said that because I know that we've we've spoken offline about the word influence, and it's interesting yeah. how that can trigger people. I mean, humans yes. are interesting human beings, aren't they? And how they yeah. respond. And we're talking about influencing in in from an integral point of view because if your person who you're speaking to, mm. a prospective customer, is having a challenge. Ultimately, you know, Pancho, that if they were to invest in themselves, in your program and in themselves, they're going to be able to achieve better results, guaranteed. You've proved it. You've got clients that have done that. However, in between them getting to that stage, there's a whole lot of mental clutter and things, you know, obstacles and, and, um, you know, concerns and, and what you love to, to be able to help people overcome those objections. Uh, when they move through that, they're able to get to that yes to themselves. And we've got to be able to navigate that, don't we? And often we don't do that very well as salespeople.
1: Yeah, I, I think the client's got to be able to say yes to himself yeah. and inside their mind. And you, you'll often see uh, people when you start to trigger the right kind of thoughts and emotions in, in, in a person, um, especially over Zoom calls, is you start to see uh, nonverbal signals coming through and so, uh, you know, being a salesperson, you've got to pay, you've got to, you've got to develop your observational skills a lot more than what most people realize. You've got to be able to listen between what the, what the hidden meaning is behind what people are saying. Uh, I, I think people take what people say too, literally, and you've yeah. got to learn the art of, 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 of listening, because if you can listen well, then you can influence really, really well. And a lot of people miss signals. They're mostly in their head trying to think about what, clever thing they can say instead of actually listening to the client and figuring out what, what really matters to the client.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this beautifully segues into uh, one of the points that you wanted to talk about, why emotions go up and down like a roller coaster. If we look at it at that point of view, because I, I can relate to that. I mean, I might be having a, a call with someone and then I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, now it's getting to the overcoming objections. And and there's so much going on in my head yes. and, and conversations in my head that I'm not present with the conversation that's going, you know, in and yeah. we can inadvertently break that rapport. So share, it, share more. It How can we get to a stage where we can say, "I love sales conversations. I love objections because I've got colleagues that say that too, and I love cold calling." So, what are some things that we can do? Well, well
1: I think uh, the overriding um, uh, thought process you must have in your head is that you're really there to help the, help the client. Um, and if if all your directions and all your conversations are, are geared around helping that person uh, whether they go ahead with you or not removes a lot of the anxiety you have about closing the deal and so if your whole focus is how can i help this person um and and it, when you come across like that it removes uh, your right to be right all the time you're willing to engage in conversation you're engaged in. imagine you're having a talk with a friend instead of trying you, you don't try and sell your friend on something no. you, you really you, you know when you're talking to a friend of yours a close friend you, you're not trying to sell your viewpoint you're you're there to listen you're there to ask questions you're, you're there to be truthful and and you're not there to sugarcoat things either and so I, I think it's really important to to have very honest conversations with people because it just minimizes a <laughs> uh, going down a tangent and also being honest with 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 the client if you if you can't help them then the best thing is to is to finish the call and i think yeah, I, I often find being truthful and honest is probably the most important thing it's it's it just waste it minimizes the waste of time on on every person and time is money as, as i say it as well
0: I think that in in itself is huge for some people because if you were to be there uh, listening to their conversation, you would probably recognise that the person to whom they're speaking with is just not ready. And what we often will do is we'll attract the not so ready people. And if we recognise, look, I could could talk for 10 hours, this person is just not ready. We need to learn and say, well, we need to, part. you know, next next and so often we and because we will bring that down to ourselves well I'm just no good at sales no one's interested in my product that person was just not not ready what are some yeah. other things that you say I mean that in itself is going to be huge for some people you're talking to the wrong people recognize yeah. the right people and then focus on having conversations with them
1: understanding and this is uh, understanding yourself who you who you are your values is a really really important uh, because we can actually, just going back to that key point, we can sell to the wrong people. We can work with the wrong people. And at the end of the day, it's wasting everyone's time because they're not invested in actually putting the effort in into into making change. And, and this all this it, stuff, it's, it's a vicious cycle and it doesn't help anyone. And I think really doing a bit of introspection on your own values and beliefs is really, really important because um, I see so many people burning emotional energy um, and, and because you can go down one path working with certain clients that suit what you do and going down another path and whereby you're just pushing its resistance one, you know, you feel like you're pushing and they're pushing back against you. And so this emotional roller coaster happens because sometimes we just don't actually know ourselves enough go this is what i stand for this is what i will not stand for having very very clear boundaries is really really important because when we don't have clear boundaries our decision making is flawed we get we get impacted by our own emotions and we take other people's viewpoint as being real and it, it really affects us and it takes a long time for us to go from being totally dysfunctional to become functional again and uh, this is the, the psychological aspects of really you need to know yourself really intimately like like your best friend. And mm. and this creates um, either, you know, as they say, the heaven is either created in the head or a hell, and it really depends on, on how you run yourself.
0: Yeah, so true. And, you know, often you'll find that the clients that you take on board, there's an inkling there, there's a gut feeling, there's intuition, whatever you want to call it, often we can backtrack, isn't it, to that moment that really we we could see, hey, these are not our best clients. And we live in regret. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that can impact, you know, how you show up. And, Mm. you know, so we certainly don't want to do that. Something else that I would love you to speak into, Paint Show, and this is something that, you know, for me, it was a huge lesson, is that when you look at say the customer journey, buyer journey, whatever you want to call that, when yeah. you meet someone initially, that may very well be the first port of call,
1: yeah. that
0: relationship. For some people, they may be right there, ready, they're just waiting for the right person to come along and then here you are providing Maybe. this solution yep let's do it Pancho but yeah. then the majority of people it's a it's a dance it's a relationship isn't it and so yeah. often maybe it's just me that yeah. if I didn't make the sale at that time what's wrong with me but it really can be a number of stages don't you know beat yourself up if you're not closing the deal on that first conversation. Can yeah. you speak a little bit into this because this is important to recognise too?
1: Yeah, um, one of the most important things that uh, any salesperson should know, and every sales manager or you know anyone running a team, is to have a very clearly defined value proposition that you actually um, are, 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 you can clearly enunciate to your clients what 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 value will you actually bring to the relationship, um, and usually um, pain and value go hand in hand. So um, a lot of people talk about that you shouldn't be uh, hitting on people's pains. Well, in in sales, eighty to ninety percent of people really have they're talking to you because they've got a, a a challenge, they've got a situation, they have a problem that they need to fix. Yeah. and your value proposition ha- has got to be uh, very, very has got to be really aligned to fixing that problem because usually. Um, the, this is where where the motivation kicks in. I want to fix this problem. Who can fix it for me? Yep. Can you fix it for me? And can you can you clearly uh, communicate your value proposition in, in, a, in a way that the client goes, yep, I, I see you as the person that can fix it. Let's work together.
0: You know what I love about that? And it's not being pushy, but rather if they could have fixed it themselves, they would have done. Yeah wouldn't be speaking to you and there's a whole lot of clutter going on in their own minds that is this for me am I able to do that and if you if you know that you're sitting in front of your ideal client and if they say yes to themselves you are going to help them to be able to shift whatever it is that they're looking to be shifted and achieve then you're doing them in in injustice or in not being of service if you don't say hey let's do this, let's just, you know, what are the costs of you not doing that? And let's let's make action today. And if you, yeah. or whatever it is that you're bringing that forward. And I think by not doing that, sometimes that's all a person needs, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd like, to, if I was to give um, a piece of advice around developing your value proposition, is to really know uh, the market that you're working in intimately. Understand not just the rational aspects of why a person would want to work with you. You know, they want to make money, et cetera, et cetera. But the emotional aspects of, uh, of that person is, has to be known as well. You know, the stress, the time away from family, um, the, the pressure they feel. Um, these are all very, very powerful drivers in a person's uh, decision-making. Not only the rational, but often the irrational plays a huge part in a person's decision-making. Um, and I've often said one of the most important attributes that you need to understand about, about psychology or about people is their need for self-preservation. And if, you, and if you understand it, everyone operates out of self-preservation. And we saw that in, last year in, in COVID with uh, the irrational behavior of people you know, buying toilet rolls and hoarding food. Well, that's a display of self-preservation and so people will do anything to keep themselves safe, their family safe. They'll do things that you normally wouldn't expect anyone to do. Now, if you understand that line of thinking and you think about every person that you, that you are going to call and you are developing like a psychological profile of that person and you start to understand their drivers, uh, their fears, their desires, then you start to g- g- gain a, a, a. It's 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 like um, it's like psych profiling of of of, of a person. Go okay. How does this person work? What am I going to say that is going to trigger the right response? What's going on in their life outside of work? What's going on in their work? How do they relate to their colleagues? Now, what you're doing is you're you're, you're building a blueprint of this person's um, psychological profile. And that becomes a really, really important aspect when you're, when you're having a conversation because the conversation not just about business, but it's about life in general.
0: Yeah, so true. And I would imagine, and I'm going to ask you some of the ineffective sales habits that you consistently see and that yeah. you help people break through, but I would imagine when you start to... Uh, gain information about that blueprint that helps you also too down the track when that person does say yes, that you're hitting all of the right markers to support them in the best way through, you know, and what they're really looking for. And for some people, um, when you tap into that, it's such an instant yes. It's like I wish I started this like months ago, isn't it, often? people I wish I'd met you months ago.
1: It's these triggers and everyone has them. And if you can, through very, very, uh, what I call very clever questioning uh, processes that, that we teach our people, it's not the usual sales type of process. If you identify these little triggers and, that, and they happen consistently with people. People are very consistent with their decision-making if you know how. And one of the most important things about decision-making is that 99% of most people base their decisions on past strategies. So that's one of the reasons why people don't change, that they, they always make a decision based upon how they made a decision previously. And if you can understand these little markers, then you can actually, that's why it's so important as one of the most important things in sales is to be curious about people. And when when you start becoming curious about people, you start asking people about their past. And if you, and if you are structured enough, you'll ask specific questions about how they've actually made decisions. And you'll start to actually get a code uh, like like a operating manual yes. for how this person actually makes decisions how they get motivated and then you start to then you start to tick these little triggers and suddenly they're going yeah yeah how, how did you know and they often say things like gee are you reading my mind um and and um it's just it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very easy way to actually make sales when you start to connect to people's past.
0: You know, it's interesting you share that, and then I'm going to dive in and ask you about um, some ineffective sales habits, so we can yes. recognize them before they happen and uh, hopefully break through them. But it's interesting you say that; it's so true because I remember years ago when I was uh, doing my NLP training, we were able to recognize that we have different systems that run that we run with, and. Mm and actually see the different systems just through watching the eyes and the manoeuvres. And so my purchase habits, and this is one that we, we kind of changed for me, was I would see a piece of jewellery, I would look at it and I would go in my mind, go, oh, that looks nice, I'm going to get it. So what yeah. they ended up doing was that piece of jewellery looks nice, do I really need it? Or maybe, you know, I've got the other <laughs> 10 that are sitting in the cupboard and no, I don't really need it. So, you know, my husband didn't know about that, but thank you. So, but it's interesting when you recognize some of these patterns, yes. you're able then to enhance. And obviously in my instance, you can change some of those so that you don't buy a lot of jewelry yeah. and that's necessarily sitting in the cupboard. All right, let's talk about some of these ineffective sales habits. What are some of yeah. these that we need to know?
1: Well, one of the most, uh, and you said an interesting word, patterns. So habits are patterns, right? They're repeating. You don't really have to work very hard with them. They're automatic responses. So one of the habits that I see with people is giving up real quick, you know, from a call session. And the other habit is buying into other people's negativity. That's a habit. It's interesting
0: know? you say that because I don't think people would have recognized that that's a habit. But it's and, true.
1: And it becomes a dysfunctional habit and it takes a long time to beat a habit and, uh, and and at the end of the day um what i often say is that you can't actually get rid of most habits you have to create new ones so one of the habits that i've seen with salespeople is the habit of succumbing to their competition believing everything they hear and these these habits are really really subtle but they have a huge impact on our performance and so you want to understand these habits, and, and I know I'm going down uh, the the uh, the way of talking about negative habits, but they are so powerful, and they impact on our performance no end. Not what not willing procrastination is a habit. You know, you don't want to pick up the phone because you're feeling that you're going to be rejected. Rejection becomes you're you're kind of saying. I'm going to be rejected every time I make the phone call, so why should I make the phone call? And, you know, and I see a lot of people just make phone calls just to say, I've done it, but yeah. there's no really clear intention about the phone call. Yeah. And so when we look at habits, they are so so uh, unconscious that we don't even know we're doing it. Uh, and and it, it just becomes, what's your habitual way to respond? So habits sit in the in the middle between stimulus and response so we're just responding without any without any thought process oh th- th- this is going to be a waste of my time I'm making phone calls this is a waste of my time this is and what we're doing is we're just cementing a bad habit and uh, and it becomes such a you know people look at the phone and they think it's their worst enemy um, and they avoid it so procrastination. Oh, oh, is a great camera <laughs> is yeah. it- using his phone or, or social
0: media but what's interesting about that and you know so often is changing a habit uh, again as you know how long is a piece of string to create uh, mm-hmm. a new habit I would imagine that it's going to depend on a number of different things but the most important thing and I can really sense this coming across so I'd love you to, to speak a little bit about this is the beliefs the mindset which you you yeah. shared earlier on because yeah. if you continue to believe something then you're going to seek the evidence to believe, to prove your belief is true so if you think cold calling if you think you're going to get rejected guess what you're going to miss that 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 um feedback from a customer that or potential customer that they're interested you might just completely bypass that over and not dive deeper into that conversation how do yeah. we go about changing that belief then Okay, well,
1: this is where it's, it's advisable to have someone that you can actually talk to about it. Yes. So take hey, you know, um, because we're so involved in the picture, we can't see what we're doing. And if you have a sales manager, or you have a mentor, you have someone from the outside, and you can talk about this, because this is a problem, and it, it needs a different viewpoint, it needs different type of thinking to solve it. So you know, one way you can try and and solve it yourself is to really ask yourself a key question. Is it really true that everyone's gonna say no to me? Is it really true? Is it a fact? And so, and I find that if you do this little exercise, is it true, is it a fact? And just write it on a piece of paper, your answers, and start looking at your answers. And, And then you'll start to see that it's not actually a fact. You've actually made phone calls that you have had positive responses and you have moved forward with the deal so it's not actually true so you start to you know a a lot of cbt is about debating your thoughts yeah and so uh, is the thought that you're actually thinking actually true yes so and we can catastrophize all these to they become bigger than ben-hur you know oh my god oh my god so Mm. A lot of CBT is about challenging your existing thought. So challenge your thought yourself. I mean, isn't sales all about challenging people's viewpoints? And until you have the confidence to challenge someone's viewpoint, you can't change your your own.
0: What I love about what you've just said, and I think it's so important too, is to get a third party, someone such as yourself, um, to be able to look at kind of the steps that you're taking the process is because we're so close, we may not see that some of the things that we are doing are brilliant. So we Mm. end up trying to change something, which we go, no, 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 that's okay. Actually, it's a couple of steps beforehand that we need. And I'd imagine that when we look at, I mean, just the whole change in in the way that we're looking at sales, it's having a conversation and seeing how can I be of service? How can I support this client? Mm. And if that person is saying no now, and I love that you said this earlier, and I'm going to bring this back into this conversation because this is going to challenge some of the beliefs as well, is that it's not yet the timing is not right yet. Well, can I follow up with you in a couple of months? Let's get a date in the calendar. These are all little things that we can start to break the pattern of no one wants to purchase, Um, my product or service is no good. Can I also ask you this, and and do you find that when it comes to the cold calling and everything that we've spoken about today, that both men and women struggle with this? Because I know when it talks about imposter syndrome, we women think that we own that space, but I'm quite surprised to hear that a lot of Men can also deal with imposter syndrome, but they just get over themselves and do it anyway. So that's something that we can then. But do you find men and women struggle with this?
1: Absolutely. It, it's 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 not sort of one gender doesn't have it over the other gender, and it, and so it's
0: an equal equal playing space. <laughs> we don't own that space either. No, have,
1: no one owns that space. You know, people, all types of people own that space. And, you know, uh, it, it, this is probably, I would say, is the people who can get beyond this are the people that do amazing things uh, when uh, in their sales careers. They progress really, really well because this is overcoming one imagined fear that has, has become real. And as I said, there's only there's only two types of fear, real fear, which is like a cricket ball coming at you at 100 miles an hour or imagine yeah. fear. And yeah. so you have to be able to go, okay, and, and this is about uh, understanding what you can control, what you can't control. So, you know, give up trying to control everything and control yes. what you can do. And and, and this is a, an important aspect of uh, actually enjoying what you do without 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 the anxiety. And, oh, and, absolutely.
0: And for those of you who are listening and uh, just coming in and watching, go back and uh, replay this once we finish the live. And the reason I say that is because one of the things that I that you said, Show, and I, I want to bring this up just to remind people again, and then we're going to talk about disconnection with certain types of people. But what you said, you, you've got this formula and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that this formula works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's so many amount of calls that you make turns into so many conversations, turns into so many yeses. Yes. And then we realise take the emotion out of it, just yeah. make those calls, but, but do it do it strategically, do the things that yes. we mentioned so yeah. that you know that you're, you are coming to that conversation in the best possible way um, and those figures will continue to roll out for you. Just yeah. do the work. Get over yourself and do the work. That's what yeah. I say, just get over yourself and do it. <laughs> you know, move yeah. on. Yeah. Your, your your shonky belief is untrue and then let the let the figures start to change that belief as well hey what Pancho said is right well let's roll out another 30 cold calls yeah it's it's
1: it's it's what people say focus on the process instead of the outcome yeah. instead of the end result all the time and so you, you know it's a lot you know I, I do a lot of work in in the area of sports and and, and this is the same thing is you focus on your processes don't worry about the end result. Imagine if you had to just worry, you know, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna win this match. I'm gonna win this match. If that's all that's occupying your, your mind, you can't focus on what you have to do point by point, point by point. And so you you have a choice with your mind. What do you focus on? And um, if you focus on, you know, having a really good conversation, not, you know, and, and migrating the client towards a, a conclusion, whether it's to go ahead with you or not, Mm-hmm. There's a good win for you by the way
0: yeah yeah you know for some people when they're looking at um, what conversations that they're having one of the key indicators or gaps if you will is that you haven't got enough conversations booked into your calendar absolutely able to do that well in that fact what are you doing to get people into your calendar maybe you need to increase that because mm-hmm. out of 50 con- you know connections you get 30 com- you know opportunities yeah. to and so these are the kind of things that we can't track and monitor. And this is the ambitious entrepreneur show. We know we're competitive. Let's just be, you know, let's just face it. Why not have the competitiveness is how many calls can I get this week? Can I improve that? Can I tweak that process? Because yeah. last time, you know, I can see that my my conversion rate is actually getting better. What can I do to, to streamline that even further? Let that be where we um, continue to yeah to evolve and 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 to to perfect
1: and you, yeah and I was going to say and if you improve your uh, your conversion rate your influence rate also increases so, so it's it's a catch twenty two the, the 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 more sort of conversations you have the better you get at actually influencing people but, well it's just that you know you're you're stepping into the big game a lot more and you have a chance to now improve the other aspects of your deal making which is when you're negotiating and influencing people the more yeah. conversations leads to more meetings leads to more skills being uh, uh, being utilized in those areas so um it's i hate to practice in game day Yes. I don't like doing that. Oh,
0: absolutely. You
1: don't. You don't correct absolutely. a swing because you know my my background is in tennis. You don't correct a service swing in a match.
0: Yeah. That
1: that should have been done on the practice court.
0: Yeah. And
1: so you don't want to be winging things. At some sides, yes, you have to improvise. But the real key thing is if you are meeting more people, you will become better at negotiating and influencing to close deals. Yes. it it, it, it requires both to be working hand in hand. And, you know, if we're talking about, you know, the third point, which is about, you know, understanding why we disconnect with certain types of people. Well, the the real key thing I find is that um, the the, the five senses create different perceptions of reality in people.
0: Mm -hmm. Share more about that.
1: Okay, so um, if, if we look at our five senses, this is what we use to interpret the world. And and so uh, i won't go into too much detail but if i am thinking if i'm a very very say uh a person that likes a lot of logic i'm listing for logical type of conversations and that's how i make sense of the conversation i have between you and i so i have to be able to speak in a and communicate and use my body language and use my presentation in a way that is matching and connecting on your level of thought process. Mm-hmm. So how do I present my information in a way that connects to a person who is very much geared around making decisions logically? And maybe he they need to feel it as well. So how do I do that? So it's just like, for example, if if there's a car accident the police will get multiple witnesses because everyone sees what happened differently.
0: Yeah.
1: And so you'll have different uh, witnesses looking at this and going, actually, I you know, I saw this happen. And then uh, police have got to try and make uh, uh, some kind of sense out of all the information they've got. So a, a person's brain, when you're talking to them, you have to understand how uh, how the disconnection is happening. And disconnection always happens on a communication level. I don't get you. You don't get me. Let's not talk anymore. Even though your service is really, really, really good, it's one of the reasons why we found um, people go to multiple salespeople who might who serve the same industry, but they're searching for a connection. But what they're really searching for is someone who actually understands them, understands how they think.
0: Yes. Makes so much sense. And you need to be aware of that, don't you? Because that's one of those aspects that you want to have on that profile, that blueprint that you are documenting and getting information. Because if you're very much a big vision person, yet the person you're speaking to likes the logic, they want to know the ins and outs, some of the statistics, the validating aspect of your product or service. If you're talking about something that just has no real validation to them, there's just going to be no connection there, is there? And there's certainly not going to be a yes at the end of that conversation.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, I, I, if we're talking about language, language is more than just words. It's a currency of meaning, and and you, you must be able to understand because people can say one thing and mean another. I can say stop, or I can say stop, and and you and you have a different interpretation right and so you know what you mentioned is that if if i'm talking to a person who's very big picture it's just like for example i do a lot of work in the automotive industry as well and uh, when i went to buy my car all i really wanted to know is and the car comes with you know hundreds of features but all i really wanted to know is three or four things that the car can do for me and that's all i wanted to know Yes. That's all I needed, big picture. I don't wanna know everything because I I I just won't be interested. And so you get some salespeople feature dumping, hoping something will stick, but they're never taking a step back to actually develop a strategic opening process to actually identify how the client thinks, what would motivate the client to make a decision and not make a decision which is just as important what is the way they make a decision and then presenting it in a way that they don't have to think too much about it. Because what we do know about people and when I get involved in negotiation is people don't want to work hard to make a decision. Yeah. They want to make it, they want it, everyone wants it easy, but we tend to complicate things.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's where we hear that saying don't overwhelm the prospective client because an overwhelmed person will say no. So, if they're there because they want you to support them and getting to a yes or even a no, and as you said, either is fine, you just don't want to deliver it up in the air. But if it's so overwhelming, because as consumers, if we feel so overwhelmed by a prospective supplier, we're going to say "Mm, no, because especially if one of the reasons why we're wanting support is because we feel overwhelmed.
1: Yes. in ourselves. And that's that's really uh, a very important thing to think about. And one thing I will say is why we disconnect with people is that we're not actually reading the signals of a client very well. So for example, um, I mean, what I do is I teach people how to read people and profile people. But one of the most important things is while people think it's really, really important to get yeses from a client, it's just as important to get noes from a client as well. Okay and, and let me explain that a little bit further. When I'm talking to a client, I'm actually tr- uh, there's a lot more going on that I'm trying to um, uh, trying to understand from the client. I'm trying to understand when they say yes, do they really mean yes? Mm-hmm. When they say no, do they really mean no? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes a no can mean a yes. And sometimes a yes can mean a no.
0: Oh my goodness! And that's where right now. Is this yes or a yes or is it really a no? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, think about it this way: if if I say to someone, "Yeah, this is this is something that uh, would would make sense for you to go ahead and they go,
0: "Hmm, oh yeah,",
1: yeah. and then then and then you go, "Ah, no, okay." Yeah,
0: that's
1: so, right. So so at the at the start of a of, of a of a meeting with a client, I will very deliberately ask questions that gives me a a firm yes where yes means a yes then -hmm. i will also ask certain questions when and this frightens a lot of sales people where i get no's and very defined no's so i can tell the difference when i'm going through the whole uh sales uh process with a client when i'm getting uh when i'm getting a yes but it's sounding like a no yes and this is the this is the art of listening but also deal making so i get involved in a lot of um uh, advising on 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 significant type of of deals and you really need to be able to listen to signals from people that uh mean one thing but uh, but say another it's like the headline and the subject headline have different meanings
0: yeah it makes so much sense and and those nuances if you miss them yeah you know, there's no point. It's like some of those cold callers, how are you today? Is it a nice no, day? Do you listen, yeah. good, good. <laughs> you know? yeah. And is I, that I, Mr.
1: Cross, do I say? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <No. laughs> I've often cold call and people laugh at this technique. I say I've often cold call people and tell them uh, this is actually a cold call. And yeah. and, and people go, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, You'll be surprised how many people take the conversation when you just tell them, I actually don't know you, this is a cold call. Give me sixty seconds, and um, I'll. I'll, And if it's worthwhile, let's keep talking. And they go, yeah. You have no idea how how well that works. Just tell
0: them. Yeah, and I like that approach because you know that you're going into a script. um, Because sometimes if you ask or you say something, you can just tell. Oh, hang on a minute. That's point number four. I've got to go back to point number two. You know written it's just like oh and they haven't read because it's kind of like actually you know what, I really did need my need my carpets cleaned, yeah. um, or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know. So, um, look, I know that we have just scratched the surface, Pancho, and this is an area, I think, in business that no matter what level that we're at, we can always improve, we can always develop. And as I know many entrepreneurs, you may be um, getting team in to be able to take over. You know, the last interview that I had, we are talking about, you know, going from um, entrepreneur to CEO and leading a team. And I know mm. that that's another area that you really supported as well choose. are we surrounding ourselves with the right team and are we training them in the in the, the proper way how can people find out more about you and uh, about the work you do and maker is just saying she's had a couple of comments there thank you uh, so much for being there this is brilliant thank you it certainly has today we've been provided with so much value from pancho but pancho how can people connect with you
1: oh obviously they can go to linkedin and connect with me there or on, on instagram um they can send an email uh, directly to me at you know at support.frontierp.com.au. At um, we've got, uh, as as a thank you, we've got a couple of um, uh, tools that we provide. A lot of salespeople we work with, which is a weekly focus worksheet, which really helps you to get focus on what you've got to do on a weekly basis. Uh, and it helps you to learn and, and grow every week with your goals. And I actually have a guide that um, I developed, which is on the seven psychological mistakes that salespeople make and how to fix them. Um, If they go to the website, they can get a free copy. And um, that will actually give you some insights into certain areas about how to change habits, um, certain areas around um, what you can do to actually change what you do on a weekly basis and address some key areas psychologically that if you started to work on them, would have a profound impact on how successful you become in sales and this is a constant thing it's about continuous improvement um nothing's ever n- nothing's ever st- done in stone so yes. they can send me an email or uh, i think i've just been told you can send me an email at support at and i'm giving away these free um templates they're quite valuable for people if they want to improve themselves
0: yeah, absolutely, and I can certainly recommend to uh, people connect with you, Pancho, on LinkedIn because you regu- regularly share videos and other uh, content that really ha- has us thinking, you know. I love those posts that really have you sit there and think, hmm, I need to contemplate this for for a bit. And as we know, we're dealing with humans and with humans, we bring a whole lot of complexities and it depends on what day it is and all of that kind of stuff, you know, what's happening in our lives. And so when we are able to really support ourselves and getting the right mindset and having the right tools in place and just get into action in the right way, I know that uh, the results will will speak for themselves. So, yeah. Um,
1: I just want to mention one thing. Um, I actually run a session on the brain science of appointment setting, which looks at the mindset, but also it looks at particular types of ways how you can frame your scripts. And so it addresses this area, but also what you say. And this might be a course that uh, some of the listeners might want to specifically look for themselves or their teams on actually developing um, a, a calling strategy of cold calling to get more leads and deals coming through the table.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think, we, you know, with what's going on um, and so many more businesses going online, I uh, would say to people, yes, certainly embrace that. But now people crave more of that connection and it would be mm-hmm. the Calls. And this is also important on, on Zoom as well because you may have an opportunity to have that face-to-face. Don't miss out on the nuances that are coming through the screen and especially your own as well. You need to be mindful of what you're communicating to that yep. person. Uh, customer too, and um, yeah. Oh, look, I, I think it's all fascinating. I That's one of the reasons why I love doing this show. I learn so much from my awesome guests, and uh, I certainly have today. So, thanks once again, Pancho, for coming Thank on you. the
1: show. It was a pleasure for my end as well. Thank you, Emory.
0: before I go, just another stand out, be heard and influence tip for the week. My question to you is, do you want to become known as a trusted authority in your industry? And if it is, then you've probably heard me say before that it's important to position yourself as a category of one so that you become the choice versus just a choice with your ideal client. And that is key. So here are some things that I just want to share. Five things really briefly. These are the things that you should be doing to not only position yourself as a trusted authority, but to be distinguishable, uncopyable and irresistible to your ideal client. You need to be clear on the relevant, what I call milestones and markers. These are the challenges that you've overcome, which your ideal client may now be faced with. And you want to include that in your story and obviously in the content that you continue to share because it validates you as being someone who can certainly support your ideal client through their journey. Now, is it impossible for someone to take your introduction your content, your story, take your name out of it and put their name in because if it is, you're not uncopyable, you're copyable. So you need to dive deeper into some of those things which only you can share in your story. Let's talk about your IP, your intellectual property and what you teach and share with your clients. Is it woven into your unique story so that, again, no one can copy what you're sharing as part of your content and and your storytelling journey, your milestones and your markers? Are you able to weave those milestones and markers into short stories, into longer stories? Or if you're doing a really long um, overview, that that's woven through nicely as well. This all continues to be position why you are the choice and not just a choice? And of course, have you created some of those unique slogans and sayings, which again, validate what you're sharing is so important. And if it challenges the status quo, if it addresses the BS or the elephant in the room that no one else in your industry is sharing, then that certainly positions you ahead of everyone else. How did you go? Did you answer yes to all of them or maybe some of them? And if not, this and this is something that you are struggling with, let's uh, get on a call together and actually, I've put together a masterclass, and this is talking about some of the key things that you need to have in place, and we'll be able to help you on that. All you need to do is go to industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash distinguishable message, industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash distinguishable message. Have a fantastic week.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the influencealliance.com.